You better tune in because we're going to be at the Brookshire's Grocery Arena coming up on Easter. And we're going to have a ton of fun with that. So pay attention to our social media and all of that stuff we're doing this week because we are going to have some fun. And I need you to know right now, we're going to need some volunteers. Can I get an amen on that somewhere? Come on. Where you at? So don't, well, that sounds like four of you. Can I get some amen on some volunteers out there? Let me hear you. Come on. So you don't want to miss it. It's one of those things when it comes to Easter. Last year, we had over 3,000 people coming out of the pandemic at Brookshire's Grocery Arena. This year, we believe there will be more because everybody's kind of getting back on the floor thing. The services are starting to pick back up again. So thank you for being here. So can you give yourselves a round of applause for getting out of bed and getting in the room? Come on. That's good. And can you give a round of applause to everybody watching online from Frisco to St. Louis to Minnesota to Hawaii? Give them a little love this morning. What's up, everybody watching online? Here's what's really cool about what's happening, dude. I'm telling you, there's some awesome stuff coming up in our future, and we got to have you. So before I get into this series, I'm making sure you understand. We're throwing these airplanes because every year we throw something in the arena to have a little fun but to make a difference. And this year we're throwing paper airplanes to lift up our military community in this area, Barksdale Air Force Base. Can I get some love on that for all our military? Come on. So don't miss it. We're going to have a lot of fun with that. We'll be explaining more of that on social media, and then next week I'll cover a little bit more. But we are in a series called Family Matters, and we've been having a lot of fun, lot, fun with this series. But everyone has been asking me, because I'm old school. I grew up in the back in the day. Y'all know what I'm talking about. I, so we've already done like the Jeffersons and Golden Girls. Did you enjoy Golden Girls a couple of weeks ago? Come on. Yes. A lot of great messages on having fun with these old TV shows. But today, finally a new show. We're going with This Is Us this week. Any fans of This Is Us in the room? Anybody know what that show's about? I don't know how you like this show because I'm going to be honest with you. Everybody's told me that I have to do this show, but it is sad, son. I'm going to just tell you right now, you start watching this show, it's great. It really is phenomenal. But when I tune in, I'm like, wow, man, there's some heavy stuff. Now, one of the things I loved about all of the previous messages when we did the Jeffersons and Happy Days, they had great theme songs, you know what I'm saying? So I'm like, well, what's This Is Us? Do they have a theme song? They don't have a theme song. So then I'm like, see, this is what's going on with it. But I did find the promo for their last season. This is their last season. So if you really want to cry, tune in because I'm fixing to show you the promo for it because it's pretty heavy. But we're going to go there today and we're going to learn some stuff, all right? So here's the promo from This Is Us. Watch my memory. Sometimes I think about what my very last memory will be before the candle goes out. I don't know how much longer I have before things get worse, so I made sure to remember every little detail. Big three? Big three! Big three. Big three. Just breathe. Come on now, breathe with me. There you go. I would 
just wish that I could make time stand still. I know. Time after sometimes you picture me. It's the first time in 36 years you've said the words, he's my brother. You've said and you say, go slow. I'm not worried about forgetting about the big stuff. It's the little things I'm not ready to let go of yet. You're lost, you can look, and you will find me Time after time If you fall, I will catch you, I'll be where The kids are old enough to start making memories time Important stuff they're gonna remember for the rest of their lives If you fall, I will catch you, I will be waiting Time until the day is over, there's always a chance you'll remember it for something else. That's how we're gonna remember it. Time after time. Come on, give it up for This Is Us, y'all. Woo! Now, if you're like me, when I pulled up the promo, I mean, I'm like, man, this is some heavy stuff. But the truth is, there are some great lessons to learn, and that's why I'm so thankful you're in here, all right? And this is where we're going today. I'll put the little statement on the screen for you. Looking your family, so you just want you to take a little inventory. How would you define this is us right now? So I don't care if you're a single parent. I don't care if you're married, grandparents, widow. You still have family. So I want you to begin to process this statement because as that promo said, there are these moments that are happening in our life. And so our goal is to try to learn from them and try to figure out how we can be better. And the only way to do that is ask the question, how are you doing right now? So this is why as I started writing out all this sermon and these notes, we thought about all the fun stuff we've gone through. So you can go back and watch the Jeffersons and Golden Girls and all the fun stuff. But this, this one's getting a little bit deeper because it's really challenging you to evaluate how you are doing. Now, I'm not just talking about you, you know what I'm saying? This is also them. So you want to know how your relationship is with whoever them may be. It may be your kids. It may be grandparents to your grandkids. It could be so many different perspectives. But you want to ask them also how they're feeling about it. So it's not just your opinion of like, I think we're doing pretty good. Because men sometimes can be naive like me and think, oh, we're good. But then one simple question to your kids or to your spouse is like, hey, how are we doing? And they're like, I don't think we're doing that good. So if they begin to evaluate that and you begin to evaluate it, here's the next question. When you go, what would you like to improve? If you're to look at your kids or your grandkids or your extended family and you're beginning to walk through this and you're going, man, what would you want to be better? What would you want to be different? Now, I'm going to pull up some scriptures to kind of help you walk through this, all right? Lamentations 340. Let us look closely. So it's really about examining, not just kind of blowing through and rushing through life, but slowing down enough to go, let us look closely at our ways and examine them. So it's this idea of going, hey, what are our ways and what's going right, what's going wrong, and what could be better? As I said, I don't care if you're a single parent. I don't care if you're a traditional family. I don't care if you're a grandparent or even a widow. You still have some family connections. And so you're trying to walk through and go, as I look at this, what needs to be better? 
The one thing you do not want to do, take it from me, this preacher, the advice is, is don't tell them what they need to do. This is about self-evaluation. Can I get an amen from every man? Yeah, you don't want to go, honey, here's what you need to do better. <laughs> honey, this is what you need to improve on. Because I'm tempted, even as a dad, to tell my kids that. Hey, kids, this is what you need to get better at. And this is what you need to do. But what I am learning and trying to teach you today and trying to share with you today is like, no, no, no. I want to look closely at my ways and examine them. Look at Galatians 6.4. I'll throw up another passage for you. Each of you must examine. What does this phrase say right here? Ooh, that's the tough part. It's easy to point the finger at. Boy, that relative needs to get better and that grandma needs to do more. This, whatever. You could go through all of the list. But examine your own actions. Then you can be proud of your own accomplishments without comparing yourself to others. In the social media world, you already know that's difficult because you're looking around at everyone else and you're comparing your family and their, you know, social, you know, media pics and all the stuff that, well, we're on vacation and we're having the best life ever because that's all we present. And that's what we like to everyone to see. But on the inside, if we're really examining, it's like, man, what's going on? Look at my actions. How could I be better? What do I need to do and not compare myself to other people? So what I did to kind of get us into this, because this is going to be a two-part series as we wrap up Family Matters. This is us this week, and then we'll do This is Us next week. But I started looking at this next question. What are some components of a healthy family? Now, everybody may have different ideas, and you may have grown up thinking one thing. I have researched a bunch of different sources to come up with just four simple things that you go, man, I need to evaluate myself on these two that we're going to look at today and two next week. So you kind of go, hey, one to ten, where am I? Or, man, I could really improve in maybe part B of the first one that we're going to talk about. Because all of these components have different elements to them. So, for example, here's your first one to evaluate yourself on. Do you... Not your spouse, not your kids, but are you a person that expresses appreciation and affection well? So when you communicate, do you communicate in positive and affirming ways and express the love that you have for each other openly? Now, why would I start here is because I'm going to go back to my childhood. You're the 11 o'clock hour, so you're going to get a little extra. Can I get an amen on that? And this is the extra. In my family... My father was the one that struggled with this in his early fatherhood. So I did not grow up in a home that my dad was always going, man, you're the best and I love you. Come here and give me a big hug. Still to this day, he's 80 years old and his hugs are like this. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> he kind of sticks his head in and all of our grand his grandkids, our kids laugh a little bit about it. But here's what I love about my dad. At 80 years old, he is trying to get better. He evaluated, and then we kind of pick with him, and he's like, man, I probably need to get better at this. When we end phone calls, and I'm like, bye, Dad, I love you. You know, he said, I'm like, what are you doing, Dad? Same to you. You know what I'm saying? Y'all probably can understand if you have someone from the older generation, sometimes some people struggle with some things that you do very easily or you don't think anything about. Right after the first service, I was walking out. One of my good friends, Pat McLean, he comes up to me. He goes, man, my dad never could say it, and he never could give me hugs. And so I have been dedicated as a grandfather and as a father to do my very best to hug and never let them leave my presence without saying it. And this really is the challenge for all of us. You've gone through tough times, tough situations. You're in the middle of all these battles. But 
our job is to express appreciation and affection openly. That is one healthy component of a family. Now, there's a lot of different ways to express love. If you're in this room and you kind of grew up in church or maybe you had some help in some marriage stuff or whatever, you might know this next book. This book is called The Five Love Languages. And it was written by Dr. Gary Chapman, and it was this idea of saying there's love is expressed in five simple ways. I'll put the graph on the screen for you so you can see it. And it was basically words of affirmation, physical touch, receiving gifts, quality time, or acts of service. If you've never heard of this book and you're married in this room, you go, man, I need some help. This is a great resource to start with, the five love languages, because you need to know what way your family member receives love's best. Particularly, your spouse is why the book was originally written. But as Dr. Gary Chapman figured out very quickly, it's not just about spouses. It is also about your children. So in the same way, there are five love languages of your kids. So it don't matter if you're a grandparent or a parent, you still need to know what, what words or what action lets my kids know that they are loved. Obviously, this point is saying that in a healthy family, your words are very valuable. Even if it's not their love language, it still matters tremendously. But if you have a child who is just really thrives on words of encouragement and affirmation, then you definitely want to figure that out. I'm going to get into the second point in a minute, but this whole idea of physical touch, it's the same thing as some kids go, man, I really feel loved when you give me a hug. Other kids feel loved when you say kind words about them. You can go through all of it. So it's your spouse, it's your kids, and then all the single people say, well, you always leave us out. No, I don't. Look at here. Even, even Gary Chapman wrote another one. It's the singles edition. Why? Because all of us, whether you're single, whether you're in a traditional family, or you've got a divorced family, you've got all these other things going on in your life, knowing how to be loved and to love is critical. And these are great resources that you can pull from. But I'm going to bring it back to words of affirmation. Now, why do I bring it back? It's because I'm not great at it. And my wife wants it as her number one way to be loved. So me, dumb me, old Justin, who's trying to figure it out and still can't get it right, she will tell me all the time, I don't need acts of service because, I mean, I'll clean the house. I'll load the dishwasher. I know some of you are going, looking at your husband. Don't look at him. Look up here, all right? Because I do not give her the words that she wants. Although she appreciates me cleaning the house or washing the clothes, she really wants to know how awesome and beautiful she is. So for one second, Angie, you are the most hot, sexy woman I want you to know that I love so very much. You are an amazing mama. You are an amazing worker. She managed the Duguid store, by the way. Honey, you're loading up right now the Duguid store to go help teachers this week. I couldn't do it without you. All right, so do you see how I'm trying to work on it? pray for me because genuinely that's what she wants and it seems like it would be easy but what happens as I get busy and I'm running around doing all this other stuff and I can not do the very thing that I need to do and you want to know the power of it look at Proverbs 18 21 the tongue can speak words that bring life or death so you have this idea of looking at your loved one or your friend or even your extended family and what you say to them matters. It matters a lot. It can build them up or it can tear them down. So this is the lesson for all of us today. Evaluate yourself. And then ask the other people in your life, hey, how am I doing on this? 
That's the scary part. I've told you a story before, but one time I felt really good about our relationship, me and Angie. We go out to eat to have dinner, and I was kind of feeling good about myself. It was around my birthday, and I was like, hey, tell me how awesome I am. And she goes, do you want to talk about our relationship? I'm like, oh, yeah, honey, bring it. And she was like, you really stink in about six areas. Don't ever do it on your birthday, for the record, all right? And I was like, what do you mean? She's like, well, this is where you can improve, this is where you can improve, this is where you can improve, this is where you can improve. Now, my wife is super sweet. If you know anything about her, I promise you, what you see on the pre-show and what you see on the podcast, we did a couple of podcasts these last two weeks, you need to check it out. It is genuinely who she is. But what I really admired about her, it took everything in her to go, honey, I think you really need to work on these three or four things. And if she didn't tell me, I really did not know. I thought I was doing better than I was. So communication is key. It's one of those things where you're going, man, I need to work better at my words. And she was even saying words with the kids. You don't need to always find their faults because my eye sees the dirty room. Is anybody get my drift in here? My eye always sees, can you not wash your car one time? And she looks at me and she's like, is that necessary? I'm like, kind of. You know what I'm saying? Then I'm like, no, my bad. Ian, still to this day, I've talked about it all the time. I grabbed him by the shirt collar one time and picked him up off the ground and put him against the wall. They've never let me forget that, all right? But why? Because I was going, you need to pay attention. You need to do this. And she was like, that is not helpful, and you are not going to do that in our house. And I'm going, my bad, because I lost my cool. Maybe you've not done it right. Maybe you've lost your cool. Maybe you're going, man, I can relate. This message is for all of us. I am not there. I have not arrived, but I am telling you the weaknesses and the shortcomings so that you'd know you're not alone. I'm not alone. Let's try to work through it. And as you look at James chapter 1, this is another great reminder for me and for you. If you think you're being religious, this is so good to me. I love James. But you can't control your tongue. You're only fooling yourself. And everything you do is useless. So if you come across as some, man, I'm in church, man, I'm this strong Christian and I got all this other stuff, but then you tear your kids down or you tell your wife down or your spouse down or you go to work and you use your words and you're not a person who uplifts, but you're a person that's just destroying. And I'm talking about it could be anything. Your kids are watching, your coworkers are watching, your spouse is watching, the world is watching. This is why it's like, no, man, use your tongue because it's powerful. Words are powerful. But also, in addition to that, so is your touch. Now, let me explain this. My youngest, she loves being hugged. And I can tell you that one thing that fills my cup is when, she, when I come in from work or she comes in from school and, and I grab Emma and we just hug, I am filling her tank, but mine is also being filled. I can just tell you that in our house, this is not our problem. We love hugging each other. We're very affectionate. That is one thing we're strong on. Now, maybe it's because my dad wasn't, and I'm trying to make up for that. But I can tell you that I need to work on my words, but I try to do pretty good on my touch. So that maybe then your evaluation, you're going, all right, I got some work to do on that. And here's the lesson that we learned from the last two years. You ready at this? Look at this touch starvation. A lot of the psychologists, a lot of the counselors, a lot of doctors in our communities have understood that when we went into COVID and everybody was separated and there was so much sickness and disease and all this stuff was going on, people withdrew and they didn't give the hugs anymore and they didn't give fist bumps or shake hands or anything. And our community, our world went into what is known as touch starvation. And there are millions and millions of people that have been impacted by the fact that we just couldn't hug anymore. 
I needed that. And if you're single or if you are going through a difficult time in your life, whether that was in the hospital or a difficult marriage and you're going through a divorce, there is something special about someone hugging you, touching you, patting you on the shoulder, going, you're going to be all right. We're going to make it through this. And in our community, we have to know that. And we have to understand that our kids, our grandparents, think about it. When our nursing homes could not receive that touch, what it did to them. This is why now don't miss the opportunity. There are many people that are starved to feel love and to feel like they're appreciated. And we can be a part of changing that. Now, if you go, Justin, is there any biblical significance? I'm glad you asked. Let's look at Mark chapter 10. This is a great example, all right, a great example. The people brought children to Jesus hoping that he might what? Touch them. You go, well, what's that all about? No, the whole point was even in their culture, it was like, man, there's something powerful about physical touch. The disciples, though, shoot them off. Like, man, get these kids out of here. What's going on? Get out of here. I don't want you around here. And then Jesus was irate. That means he was ticked. And he was like, hey, man, what are y'all doing? Like, man, we can't get time for these kids. Get all these kids out of here. He's like, no, 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 no. And he let them know it. Now, right now, while we're in here, just so you know, there's child dedication going on upstairs. Brian Reed is actually a part of child dedication, and I'm teaching the message. And one of the reasons we do it that way is I grew up where they kind of parade them across the stage, they wave at them, and then they walk off. We changed that 15 years ago so that we spend quality time with each family, so that Brian can hold that child or put his hands on that child, spend time with that family. We're not saying one right way is right and one way is wrong. We're just saying if you've never dedicated your child, dedicate your child. It is not one of those spiritual moments that is minimal. It is huge for them because they can remember when you brought them to the church to say, hey, God, I'm giving this child back to you. Now, does that save them, get them into heaven? No, it's just something special. It's a ritual that you can have together and you can mark your mind with that moment. I can remember every one of my kids' dedications. I can remember every one of those moments when we pulled them together and prayed for them and loved on them. And we do it special here at Symbol Church. So you may not have done it this time. It's okay. Sign up for the next time. Why? Because as we see with Jesus, it's very important. And he let the disciples know it as well. So then he continues on. He says, don't push these children away from me. Don't use your hands to push them away when I'm wanting to bring them to me. Don't ever get between them and me. Is that not a great line? Jesus is like, man, don't you ever hinder a kid. So here's another reason. You brought your kids to church today? Great job. You're watching at home online? Remember, there's a whole YouTube channel just for your kids. But here's the bottom line. We want you to bring them to Jesus. We believe it's great when someone can hug on them and tell them. So come on back. We would love for you to be here. Why? Because it matters. And don't ever put anything between your kid And Jesus, we've given you tools, FX box, and all these things that you can do at home. And we want you to have those moments as well. Why? Because when they experience it, something happens. Then gathering the children up in his arms, he laid hands on them and he blessed them. Jesus knew the importance of saying physical touch meant something. You go back and look at scripture, how many times did he not only touch kids, he touched someone's eyes, he touched someone's hands when they had leprosy, when no one else would touch them. This is why we love hugs here. And I know not everybody's it. You can be like, man, don't hug me, cuz. Get off me. Or if you go, come on in. When I got done with the first service, there was a lady coming down. She said, I'm ready. I need one today. So I came and gave her a big hug. Don't forget the power of touch. And let me tell you this. And don't forget that your family needs touch. 
They need your words, absolutely, but they need to know that they're loved. So when you lay with them and watch a movie and you hug on them or you pull them in close when they come home from school and say, how was your day? When you spend time with them, if you have a grown child and they come back into your house, you look them in the eye and say, come here and give daddy a big hug. Why? Because they need that security and that reminder that they are loved and they're appreciated. And they may act like they don't like it, but deep inside, you and I both know there's something that happens in their soul. We're made for that. Now, I'm going to prove it because my associate pastor, Steve Hartman, has went out and done it again. Can I get an amen on that? And you go, well, Justin, can you prove it in a modern time? You showed us all the scripture, but can you give me a modern day example? I can. And remember how I told you this is us makes you cry a little bit? You might want to get your tissues ready because this one, once again, shows you the power of touch, and it might bring a tear to your eye. Watch. After a massive stroke eight years ago, Kevin Eubanks of Paragold, Arkansas, had a massive recovery. Today, even without the use of his left arm, he can do pretty much anything. But there was one thing that was really important to you that you could not do. Yes, hugging with two arms. When you hug one arm, to me it wasn't real, and I miss that so deeply. Kevin says those bear hugs, enveloping his grandchildren, they were his greatest joy. But over the years, he had resigned himself to never know the feeling again. Then, a few weeks ago, his daughter, who teaches occupational therapy here at Arkansas State University, introduced her dad to her class. Kevin told them how he missed those hugs. You could see it in his face and his eyes. It broke my heart because I was like, we have to do something. And so these four students did. We were all on board with it. It just needed to happen. They got together after class to invent a device. That's not going to work. A piece of adaptive equipment. It seems strong, though. Which they named? The Hugger. Kevin says it was so deceptively simple, he could have never imagined the effect. That's his oldest grandson, Cope. That's a good hug. <laughs> the motion just hit me, and I, I couldn't control it. You want to give Rig a hug? Especially after Cope's little brother stepped up. Come here, young lad. Rigney was born after the stroke. Oh, that's sweet. This is the first time I've got to hug my boys. The women responsible for this moment. We just cried and cried. Hope to start a business to make hugs possible again for grandchildren everywhere. And if their first customer review is any indication, they'll be creating a lot more than profit. You can start with a two-arm hug, and I believe it could change the world. It sure did his. Steve Hartman. Love you. On the road in Paragold, Arkansas. Oh. Can I get a little love for that one? Come on, y'all. I was in a situation this week that was pretty tough for a family. They had a kid that was going through some hard times, and we were in the middle of meeting with a school, and what I want to do publicly, and this person don't know, I'm not going to say their name, I'm not going to throw them under the bus, but I'm just going to tell them this. It was a dad, and his daughter was in trouble. She'd made some poor choices, but what moved me to tears is when I saw in the middle of this discussion, the dad reach over and tap his daughter on the leg, grab her hand, and say, I'm with you. And when we walked out of that meeting, he wrapped his arms around her and said, I love you. We're going to get through this. 
The family all began to hug. And if you think it's all just like silly and this is kind of ridiculous, put yourself in a situation where you're broken. She had felt like she had failed them. She felt like she couldn't be forgiven. She felt like there was no future. And what she needed was encouraging words, which Pastor Jay was going to try his best to make sure she got them from me. But it ain't near as important as it was coming from her daddy and from her mama. And then not just the words, but the touch. If you think that I'm fooling around, it doesn't really matter. I promise you, let something happen in your family. Where you're going through a hard time, a difficult struggle, and words are going to be more than anything, and so will your touch. And what I am learning and I want to share with you is it is all about communication. Whether that is verbal or nonverbal. Whether that is you saying it or whether that is you just wrapping your arms around them and go, I got you in this. And I want you to know, as we're walking through this, I get it. It's not easy. We mess up. But we have a chance to evaluate and go, we're going to make this better moving forward. Now, I can sense that there's some tension in the room because that's just the way it is. That's when you get up here, you're like, man, whew, that's kind of heavy. So intentionally, I put in something light to lighten it up. Can I get an amen or lighten it up a little? Amen. And you go, well, Justin, how are you going to lighten it up? Well, I'm going to talk about mommy meltdowns, okay? Because sometimes Angie will just scream at the top of her lungs, and that is a verbal communication. Can I get an amen on that verbal communication? Like, I ain't doing this no more. Y'all lost y'all's minds. This is it. Daddy can do the same thing. I can be like, I ain't doing this no more. So we all get it. So to lighten it up a little bit, to talk about some verbal and some nonverbal communication, here are some lessons that I think we can all learn from, all right? Get your pen and paper out because mommy meltdowns, they happen. Here's how we can help. Watch. So if your wife takes care of your kids, give her a round of applause, man. Women are amazing. Thank you. My wife, my wife's amazing. She does a great job with that little boy, but recently she had a mommy meltdown. I don't know if you've ever seen one of those. Scared all of us. It was a normal day at the house. I'm sitting on the couch like I do watching TV. I don't know what she's doing. And all I hear is my son go, babe, 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 babe. And remember, I'm trying to watch TV, so I'm like, babe. And my son goes, babe, babe. And then my wife just goes, I can't do this anymore. I was like, oh man, you're gonna have to. We just got him. <laughs> I felt bad my wife was crying. I go, you okay? She goes, I'm not okay. I'm so tired all the time. I haven't done my nails done in I don't know how long. And now when I exercise, I pee a little. <laughs> and I'm growing a beard. <laughs> I was like, I didn't want to bring it up. I felt bad. I felt bad. So I told her, I said, what can I do for you? How can I help you? And my wife crying. She says, can you just take care of your child? For one day? Can you do one day without me so that I can go and be <laughs> One day? I can do one day. I'm a man, people. I stepped it up. I did. I called my mom. I said, Mom, you better get over here, man. I'm scared. I'm Mexican. My mom showed up with her own mop and her own mop bucket. 
That woman was mopping with one arm. She had the baby in the other. The washer and dryer were both going at the same time. I've never seen anything like that at my house. I didn't even know they could work together like that. We're dealing with a professional. Before my wife got home, I told my mom, you gotta go, mom. My wife got there, people, the house smelt like fabuloso. Food was on the table. The clothes were folded real nice on the bed. My kid was asleep. I looked at my wife and I said, that's how you do it. She goes, you called your mom? I go, yeah, that's how you do it. Can I get an amen out there somewhere? Come on, thank God for our mom. Why I like that so much is because it's verbal communication, it's nonverbal communication, it's acts of service, it's words of affirmation, it's all these different things. But learn it. It matters. The goal really is communicate in respectful and loving ways. That's what I'm trying to get across. 1 Corinthians 16, 14 says this, let all that you do be done with love. It don't matter if it's cleaning the house. It doesn't matter if it's encouraging words. You just make sure that you're full of love. And that could be spouse to spouse, kid to kid. It doesn't matter. The bottom line is be careful with what we do and how we do it, whether it is what we say or how we treat them. Ephesians 4.29, are you ready for this? Do not use harmful words, but only helpful words. Man, this is so big. The kind that build up and provide what is needed so that what you say will do good to those who hear you. Where do you get all this do good stuff from? It's a lot in scripture. Over and over again, it's saying that, hey, when you use helpful words and when you build up, it does good. So you got to make sure that as you're walking through things, you understand the importance of evaluating yourself and go, all right, where am I on this first one? Number two, what's the second thing I want you to evaluate yourself on? Committed to spending enjoyable time together. So when you evaluate, not what you think, because you may think one time a month going out is good, and they're going, man, I wish we could do this more often. You may think one vacation every six years is good, and they're going, how come we never go on vacation? But the bottom line is a healthy family has time to enjoy being together, and they prioritize and schedule that, because if you don't, it won't happen. Can I get an amen on that? You know it's true. We all get busy. We all work too much. We all do our own things and get selfish. So the question is, is weekly, how do you get your family together? Do you, get din do you eat dinner together? Do you cook together? So you go, well, man, I can't cook. Well, then go out. Do you have a, a, a routine of eating together as a family? Is it a monthly family fun night? Do you play board games? Do you go to the movies? Do you bowl? Or maybe even axe throw it. If you're really mad at somebody, then this is what you need to look at. Get an axe and throw it at something, son. Why? Because getting out and spending time with family, you can laugh, you can have a good time, but you're making memories together. And if you don't, your time and your life flies by and you don't have those moments. So let me ask you, have you got your vacation planned already for this year? Are you going to go to camp this year with your kids? Are you going to go to a mission trip with your kids? I mean, do you have the holiday plan? You're going, holidays, man, it's March. Okay, remember, Easter is right around the corner. So what are you planning on doing? What I'm asking you is, when I put this Easter logo up, it is your reminder. You're going to have an experience unlike anywhere else in the city. I promise you that. doesn't mean that somebody else is better or worse. I'm just telling you that when it comes to fun and making memories with your family, I promise you this Easter at Brookshire's Grocerini will be 
unlike anything we've done before. And you go, well, what do you mean? Well, first, let's go back. You see this airplane right here? We've thrown a lot of different things in the building. We've thrown underwear, socks. We've thrown T-shirts, and it all went to help our uh, prison system, all the people in local prisons. We've also thrown uh, footballs with Drew Brees. Anybody may remember that. We've done hearts to help kids. Well, this year, we're throwing paper airplanes. Why are we doing that? To lift up the military families in our community. Can I get an amen on that one time? And here's what we're going to do for you. Whenever you're throwing, we're all going to give you an opportunity to throw an airplane. If it lands on the stage within a certain area, we're also going to give you free airfare anywhere in the U.S. for you and your family. Can I get an amen on that now? So when you say, I can't afford to go nowhere, I can't, we're going to give away a couple of things to get your family together. So you've got to be there and good luck, man. Make a good airplane and have a little fun with it. But what did it look like in the past when we did all this fun? This is why I don't want you to miss it. Watch this. Mark your calendars, invite somebody. Let me say this. Somebody's going through a hard time. They're going through divorce. They need some encouragement. They're going through whatever, sickness in their family. Get them there on that day because it is all about lifting them up as we talk about lifting up the name of Jesus and lifting up the people in our community. So don't miss it. That's why we're using the airplanes, talking about lift, all right? And then also, let me give you some other advice. You ready for this? Your family needs your time, so mark it down and make sure you're there. But they also need you to put down your phone. Now, can I get an amen? You're like, oh, man, he done fronted me. Here's the deal. You're complaining about your kids holding a phone. When you get together, you're trying to have fun. You're going on vacation, and they're on their phone or whatever family fun night. But guess what? They're looking at us. James 1.8, are you ready for this? He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. What are you talking about? You cannot do two things at once. You cannot be trying to spend time with your family and check all your emails for work. Do you hear me? You cannot be trying to spend time with your family and playing a video game while you're sitting at the table. It's about connecting. It's about doing things. And if you're not careful, you're going to end up like this. Put your phone down. Our warning. Watch. Everybody's on the phone. So connected and all alone. From the pizza boy to social life. Everybody's on the phone. Come on, we're all guilty, aren't we? Have you not been there before? You're going, man, I need to put it down. So here, I'm giving away. If you comment on uh, social media, on Facebook, or whatever it is, when we get done with this sermon, I'm giving away this right here. We have it. I actually have the cell phone cage. You can put it in the middle of your table. And you say, everybody put your cell phones in. And while we're eating tonight, we're not going to mess with our phones. We're not going to play with our phones. You're going to actually sit and have a good time together. So I'm giving one away, so have a little fun with me, all right, and turn it in. Now, I got one other video because I wasn't scheduled to show it, but I'm going to go ahead and give it to you all, all right? You wanted one other video? Can I get one more out of you? Come on. This is warning for you and why you need to put your phone down and your apps and be careful with all that. You go, well, Justin, what are you talking about? Well, when you go to work and if you've been messing with your phone and you don't pay attention as an adult, once again, you can really get yourself in a bind. Angie sent this video to me and I'm telling you, I cry every time I see it because this is a serious situation. They're going into court, and they're having to Zoom because of the way things were. And one fella gets hung up, and he don't know how to fix it. You may remember, this is the cat filter. Watch. 
Okay. I believe you have a filter turned on in the video settings. Uh, you might want to uh, uh, take, take we're a trying look. To, we're tr can you hear me, Judge? I can hear you. I think it's a filter. It, in the it is, and I don't know how to remove it. I've got my assistant here. She's trying to, but uh, I'm prepared to go forward with it. That's... I'm here live. It's not, I'm not a cat. <laughs> I'm not a cat. <laughs> it doesn't matter how many times I see it. He said, I'm here. I'm not a cat. <laughs> Woo. That's why you need to put your phones down, people. All right. So anyway, I hope you have fun. All right. Leave work early is your other advice. Turn your abs off. Do all this stuff. But leave work early. Schedule your trip. Even go out to lunch today after church, man. And a word to parents and grandparents. Are you ready for this? We always make fun of our kids, but they see us. They know whether you're legit or not. And when we don't set the example for them, when we get together and mess with our phones, it messes everything up. Philippians 3.17. You ready for this? Keep on imitating me. Pay attention to those who follow the right example that we have set for you. They want to imitate you. They're going to imitate you. You have to set the right example. And sometimes, occasionally, instead of them looking at us, we should look to kids to follow that example. And I found another great example of it with my boy Steve Hartman once again on why maybe we should be a little bit more childlike and use the phone for something positive as opposed to something negative. Watch. Here at Westside Union Grade School in Healdsburg, California, we found all the inspiration you'll ever need. Okay, one, Just hit two, record. Three. If you're feeling deflated, do what you like best. It reinflates you. Pearls like that. Fabulous. Little unscripted motivational gems are being collected and cataloged for this free telephone hotline. Hi, welcome to Pep Talk, a public art project by Westside School. If you're feeling mad, frustrated, or nervous, press 1. Go get your wallet and spend it on ice cream and shoes. Whatever your worry, they've got a solution. If you need words of encouragement, press 2. Be grateful for yourself. Whatever your insecurity, they'll restore confidence. If you need a pep talk from kindergartners, press 3. You the hotline is the brainchild of teachers Ashera Weiss and Jessica Martin. They thought family and friends might enjoy calling the number, but there's no way you could have imagined what happened. No, it was very shocking. Pep Talk is now getting up to 9,000 calls per hour, roughly half a million total and counting. It turned into a big thing. Spread all around the world. I was not expecting it to go this viral. Miss Jessica is really good at making a hotline. I don't think it's her. I think it's you guys. Okay. People in our school did a great job. They sure did. You guys gave a gift to the world. And the teachers say it's more than those messages. Adults support children, but we don't really celebrate how much they support us. Mm -hmm. And to be able to be comforted by them gives us great hope that maybe we're all going to be okay. And if you ever doubt that, Two, you know who to call. Be happy! Steve Hartman, Thank you. on the road. I'm so proud of you. In Healdsburg, California. Come on, give it up for kids doing something good with their phones, right? Follow their example. Let's use our words. Let's find some ways to encourage. Let's find some ways to build up. Man, what an amazing example and story. 
And then they're spending their time together doing something positive. We can do the same as a family. It's never too late to make the phone call today to the relative that you hadn't seen in a while to check up on them, to give a hug today to someone who needs it, plan the vacation or even a game night. Make sure you take the time to say, when are we going to have some fun together? Our family loves it. We have movie nights planned. We go bowling. We got a bowling thing coming up with the Metzgers. It's Metzgers versus the Haglers. And we're looking forward to that. I told my kids about it this past week and they're like, let's do it. And here's the thing, we're even going on a mission trip together this year. We're going down to Juarez and we're going to go to Honduras. And here's the thing, I can't do that. We'll never do that. Not if you don't plan for it and not if you don't prioritize it. It will never happen. But I will tell you this, if you do, you will never forget it. It will make a memory that is burnt in their mind. And you can even serve together right here in the country this Easter. Volunteer and be a part of the setup team or the teardown or working with the kids outside. You can do it today. Philippians 3.13, I know that I still have a long way to go, but there's one thing I do. I forget what is in the past, and I try as hard as I can to reach the goal before me. The truth is, every one of us have made mistakes in our past. could have been our marriage. It could have been in the way we're raising kids. It could have been in the way we just lived our life. But here's the good thing. Let's forget the past today. Let's just say, all right, let's move forward. You're in the room. You're watching online today because it is a reminder to you to move forward. You can change what happens from this point forward. This is us can look different than it was when you grew up. You just have to figure out what your goal is. What is the goal that you have? When you talk about moving forward, is it more time together? Is it more hugs? Is it more phone calls? You just think through, what is it that you need to do? Better words, hugs, time together, whatever the goal is, here's a little Bobby Boucher for you. You can do it, right? You can do it. And here's a little video reminder in case you don't know who Bobby Boucher is. Watch. You can do it. 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 Come on, give it up for Bobby Boucher. Any Bobby Boucher. You can do it too. As we get ready to walk out of here, you're going out. You got three minutes before noon. You're going, all right, I made it out before the Catholics or the Methodists or the Baptists. You did. But I got to pray first. But here's the thing. Don't miss next week. These are just two. What are the next two? I promise you they'll help you. Did you have a good time today? Did it make sense to you? Come on, let me hear you. All right, let's pray together before we got out of here. God, I love you. I thank you for them coming in. I thank you for those watching online. And I pray that they would understand how much you love us. A chance to do over is because of you. Your death on the cross, your resurrection gives us hope today. Lord, if somebody's never received you today, I pray they would say, Jesus, come into my life and change me. Not through religion, not through church attendance, but through that personal relationship. And then, God, out of that forgiveness that we receive from you, we would work to be different in the relationships we have on this planet. Whether that's with our kids, our spouse, our ex-spouse, our grandparents, our neighbors, we want you, God, to live through us, to change who we are so we can be better through our words, through our action, and through the time and the way we spend it. Thank you for them giving us this time today. God, I pray you'd bless them in return for it. And I pray they'd have an awesome week as we walk out of here going, what are we going to do to be better moving forward as a family, as individuals? I love you, and I thank you, and I can't wait to see them next week, Father. Until then, in Jesus' name, amen. Have you had a good time? One more time. Come on, come on. You're walking out of here. you still got two minutes to spare. Don't forget, sign up for Easter and invite someone to Easter. Do not miss it, all right? And until next week, what do we have to say? Peace. Thanks for coming.